right, everybody, welcome back to The Wrap. It is uh, returning after hiatus and is now a podcast instead of a video series. Ooh. But still, the format remains the same. This is our weekly look at what we consider to be some of the biggest and most interesting stories of the week in business. I'm Doug Buchanan. I'm here with... Mark Summerson. Eleanor Kennedy. Dan Eaton. Okay. And uh, so it was a busy week in Central Ohio news. I know I say that practically every time, but it was true because we've got lots of updates on uh, stories that a lot of people care about. How about we start with the crew? We did have uh, news on the crew, and it wasn't easy to pull out. Yeah. Uh, surprise. There's a been a deal in place for two months. Yeah, so this all started with the uh, the crew finally announced the groundbreaking, which we now know is going to be October 10th, and uh, over there in the Arena District, and they just acted like there was a deal in place when, in fact, there wasn't, right? They've well, been acting like there's a deal in place for quite some time, and there's not a deal in place. They've been saying that they're still talking, but there is a purchase agreement signed, which has not been clear before. And that came out in city council approved this authority that's going to own the stadium and issue some bonds for it. Um, so there definitely are still things that they're negotiating. The <laughs> spokesman for the Mayor Ginther says that, you know, it's the city's understanding that they have a, a purchase contract. Uh, it's just some contingencies that are still be being worked through. But I think right. that helps to explain how they're ready to break ground on land that they do not own. Exactly, yeah. That, I mean, that seems very strange. Otherwise. For, those, for those following closely along at home, the original date was August 15th when they needed to have this land deal done with Nationwide Realty, which owns most of the land down there in the arena district they want to build this on. August 15th came and wait, went, September 15th came and went, and uh, and there was still no news on a land deal. And then when they announced the groundbreaking, they were just like, eh. Yeah, and they've been, they've been knocking buildings down on that land. Yeah. So I think they're just assuming everybody's going along Every that this deal eventually will get inked. But yeah. right now, not so much. And a little bit of pulling back the curtains here. I mean, we spent two full days just trying to get somebody to tell us how you can have a purchase agreement when there's no actual agreement and what it all meant. Yeah, essentially how, you, when, you know, now that we know, based on what the city told us, that they've had a purchase agreement in place since July. Yeah. Uh, it's a little surprising. It both explains how they've been so confident for two months that a deal is, quote, close and how right. they would schedule the groundbreaking. But it's also curious to, to imagine what they're still trying to hammer out if it seems like they've got the basics of we're going to pay you x for y essentially narrowed yeah. down so we may have this groundbreaking on october 10th still with no land deal ready to announce or finalized for that matter so uh, we're, <laughs> we're just gonna have to wait and see yeah um, so far the uh, events have, have all taken place without that contract signed and the land ceded over to one other entity but pretty bizarre story okay a deal that we know is in fact uh, completed was columbus brewing actually opened the doors on its tap room over there on the west side this is something that i know i have been eagerly anticipating i'm not sure about uh, everybody else but uh, i have not had a chance to go out there yet dan you have been out there multiple times I <laughs> yes uh, all, for, all for work of course yes of course <laughs> expensing a lot of beers yeah yeah so uh what's the deal with this this is uh, a bigger better uh, and why is it important 
Well, Columbus Brewing, as uh, we've reported many times, they are the, the oldest and largest craft brewer here in Columbus. They've been around since 1989. They've changed ownership a few times, changed branding. Current owner owners, Eric and Beth Bean, owned it for over a decade now. They moved to a new production facility a few years ago and this week finally opened a tap room. It's funny if when they went to their new branding, they teased the tap room on it initially several years ago. They said, yeah. come visit us at our tap room. And the initial Columbus Ale Trail had an entry for them. Mm. Saying, oh, my gosh. I didn't remember visit that. Visit us no, it, wow. it, in the future at oh, our ta- okay. at teasing this tap room. It really has been years in the making. But Eric there said that once they got into the larger facility, they wanted to um, uh, put the focus on beer, make sure that that was right and all that was smooth before they would move on to the tap room. And in late last year, they kind of quietly decided that they were going to do the tap mm-hmm. room. So they had been working on it for a few months until about April when, when we reported that they were going to open a tap room. And then it finally opened this week. Tell us about what you can get there. Uh, they got 21 taps. It's all Columbus Brewing beer. Whole gamut of, of beer from, from Pilsners through IPAs through you know barrel-aged stouts to sours. Uh, you know, if you're... Uh, you can be reasonably assured to be able to find at least a beer style that you would like from what from what they're offering. And this is, uh, again, on what road again? It's on Harrison Road. Harrison so Road, which is roughly between the big Coda facility on McKinley and the old four-string place yes. on whatever that was on. Hague. Hague, yeah. Hague, yeah. Between McKinley and Hague. Yeah. yeah. So, and it's also uh, over there by um, Sideswipe. Yeah, yeah. Sideswipe, Sideswipe that, is that same general area. Almost kind of in an odd way, almost backs up to it, but you can't get there from, from here. There. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You have to go down a whole another series of streets. To get but again, to it's it's good to have clusters yeah. of, yes. uh, of of tap rooms, and and those are a few good ones. And I, I guess I don't remember from this earlier story, but is Wolf Ridge going to reopen the four string tap room? No, production? not not just initially. production. Yeah, their okay. focus is on production, and they have since said that you know maybe, but right. but essentially they have. If you've been to their restaurant, they they have a way they like things. They have a, yeah, a certain so they, sort of style, true, yeah. and I. I don't think they're willing to just open up a space just to have a space. Right. If they're going to do it, it's going to need to be a, at a certain level. Right. Columbus, is there food or food trucks? Food trucks. And that seems to be the way a lot mm-hmm. of them are going. Yeah. Yeah. That's cheaper for them. They don't have to have a kitchen. They don't have to hire those extra people or pay the insurance on a, a big stove. Okay. Another hot topic around here has been how to pronounce Sayota, <laughs> uh, which I was wrong about uh, in a previous podcast, but I, I now am on board with it as Sayota and not Sayoto. But point being that we have news regarding a Sayota. It's Sayota Country Club. Eleanor, since you just posted that yeah. story, can you fill us in? Yes. What are they doing there? So they're going to do a, a major renovation, about a $7 million renovation of the course. A couple years ago, they renovated the clubhouse, Okay. didn't touch the course. And so they are saying that this renovation is to restore many of the features that were first designed by, quote, the Michelangelo of golf. <laughs> Who is that? Which is a man named Donald Ross, which yeah. I kept thinking of Bob Ross. I'm not even a Bob <laughs> Ross person. Like, I never had watched those. He's but the Bob the Ross whole, of uh, yeah. golf. He's Bob <laughs> Ross of golf, yeah. So, um, trees. they yeah. <laughs> we need more fluffy trees yeah. by this bunker. Yeah. It seems like they, they say that there was a 1962 renovation that stripped away some of those historic design elements. So they're going to 
put those back in using this uh, architect, Andrew Green, who has also done the Inverness Club in Toledo, mm. Oak Hill Country Club in New York, Ooh. and the Congressional Country Club in Maryland. I've heard of that one. He's a yeah, Donald Ross one, yeah. expert, according to the uh, COO. So. And I did not know one could be a Donna Ross expert, but yes, I was reading up about this when we first got the uh, info from them, and apparently there was uh, an island green at one point, and Jack Nicholas, of all people, I believe, said, Donna Ross doesn't do island greens, and so uh, they had to, uh, that was one of the things that they yeah, were going to do. That was the course that Jack grew up on, Yeah, of course, yeah, famously when he played for um, Upper Arlington. He was, on, he was literally on the high school golf team. I don't know. He went to Upper Arlington. I don't know if they had <laughs> yeah. a golf team at the time. I'm assuming they did. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, went to Ohio State. For a bit. For a bit. And then uh, and then on to the amateur U.S. Yeah. Open. How many people in this uh, podcast have been to the country club? I have not, I have to admit. I've driven by it many, many, yeah, many, many, many times. times. I was yes. there in 1983. For what? Our high school graduation after golf party. Hour. No, no, it was a nighttime party. We got kicked out. <laughs> number of us did. <laughs> right. Sounds like high school musical. No. They had a party at the, there golf, was no at the singing. country club. There was no singing, oh. and there was um, a lot of uh, authorities who were upset with some of us. Well, you anyway, can't, I mean, why would you why would you invite a high school into a Tony country club? Uh, but to were have you invited? Yeah. <laughs> That's oh, yeah. a good point. We yes. were. The whole class was. Yeah. Just once. Just once. Never again. Yeah. Never again. Okay, let's do real quick the home port because we, we have been covering uh, affordable housing for a, a long time. And actually, this is Clintonville Apartments. Mark, since you're everything Clintonville, do you want to take this one? Uh, there's more apartments on the way. Well, and that's not the story. The, it, the story is, is really interesting how Casto, for a number of years, has wanted to put apartments up at Graceland, way yeah. in the back. And he couldn't do it. it the, the project was shelved for a number of years. It came back in June where he announced that he wanted to do these apartments, 180-unit apartment community back there. Then it kind of went away because he said he didn't have the financing. Mm -hmm. Then he just came back again, this time partnering with Homeport to put in affordable housing. If they do that, they're open to right. get federal and state and local affordable housing credits. So right. there's the financing for this project where there was no financing before. Yeah, and it now so now it will ensure that uh, some of these apartments are kind of sort of rent-controlled. Half of them. Half, half of, of the them, 180. Right. I don't know what that is because my math skills are pretty bad. You can't do no, half I, of them. I, I, I can do half. <laughs> okay. If I had a calculator. However, it's it, half of the units are going to go to individuals and families who earn 80% to 100% of the area median right. income. On the Clintonville Facebook pages, there are a lot of talk about people who are, one, some of them are happy that there will be some affordable housing. Most people seem upset that Graceland already is, is a very crowded shopping center. Okay. And there is basically one road in and one road out. And they're worried uh. that this is going to create all kinds of traffic issues in the area. Just take scooters. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, because there's already a Kroger there. There's a Target. There's all sorts of restaurants, uh, including a Bob Evans, which is very popular. Yes. Yeah. Um, down on the farm. I'm sure things will, will be calmed down on Clintonville. They never calm down. <laughs> 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 I suppose that's true for every yeah, community. 
Okay, and it's always good to end with meat for life. <laughs> uh, so we're going to turn this one back over to Dan, who, when we had our morning stand-up uh, the day that he brought this story to us, uh, we were as incredulous as I'm sure everybody out there listening to this is. Uh, what exactly is meat for life, and how do you get it? Well, the news part of the story is well, the... Okay, uh, we can start with that, sure. <laughs> well, you know, it's important context. Yes, so true. The Butcher and Grocer, uh, which is a butcher shop, specialty grocer over in the Grandview Heights area, is expanding. In addition to their current shop, they have two other retail shops in the works, one for the Dublin Powell area and one... Uh, for the trolley barn out in Old Town East. Mm -hmm. And to supply that, they need a processing facility. So they have a place near the airport, about a 4,000-square-foot place that uh, they're going to turn into their processing facility. Mm -hmm. They're working out of about 500 square feet in Grandview right now at the back of their shop, and they're already constrained. So they need the space. So like a lot of people who need space to expand or open new things, they're turning to crowdfunding. Mm -hmm. And the Indiegogo campaign for this is live now. And if you're familiar with crowdfunding, there's all sorts of perks, um, you know, T-shirts, hats, koozies, things like that. But, uh, but this one is sort of notable for what you said, which is meat for life. This is if you have $100,000. Check. And, yeah, and, and you love meat. Check. Um, well, you, one of those. I you, can, you can put $100,000 towards this project, and you will receive, in turn, a $150 gift certificate every month for meat at Butcher and Grocer. Uh, you also get a 20% discount, so the actual value is, uh, yes, is $180. Oh, yeah. Look yeah. at that, man. Yeah. Wait. So, yeah. So, Yes. 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 All right. <laughs> <laughs> so you get about $180 worth of meat every month. It's a it's a it'll be a monthly credit, so it doesn't <clears throat> it doesn't roll over. For life. And uh, for the hundred thousand, not just your life, so this is the thing for the hundred thousand dollar <laughs> level. You can bequeath it on to someone else should you pass. I guess you don't have to necessarily die, but the assumption is yes, that you would die and you could pass this on to you know, or a if, loved your, one if your doctor child. tells you to stop eating meat, stop eating so meat, old possibly. that you can no longer chew, chew and, and yeah. process yes. meat, you pass it on. So, so for a hundred thousand dollars, you can pass on the gift of meat for life. Now, I did, we, I did some math, and for the hundred thousand dollar <laughs> level, in year forty six is when you will have, <laughs> you will then start earning your your free meat. I see. Okay. Beyond that, That's when so. it really pays for itself. Right. Yeah. yeah. So um, there, there also is there's a fifty thousand dollar level, which is the same thing, but you can't pass it on. I see. So so if you just want all the meat to yourself, so it'll take you about twenty five years or 20, yeah, 23 years. Tw twenty three yeah. years to uh, twenty three to, to earn that back. But Dan, my favorite perk yeah. was the ten dollar lowest level perk. I am it with was you. So Un cute. Under underrated, <laughs> underrated in in this story of of quirky perks is for ten dollars. Owner Tony Tanner will call you personally and thank you, which I thought. <laughs> Is is a it's kind so of delightful. Sweet. It's so, yeah. it's, so it's actually it's so much better than you know a sticker or a hat. It is, but if he gave you a slice of bacon with it, with that thank you, would it be even nicer? <laughs> it yeah. would. It would, I suppose. It's just good manners, really. Yeah. I mean, is he not going to call you and thank you for a hundred thousand dollars? He would probably <laughs> is a big you thank you. Like, usually, yeah. those Me campaigns are all inclusive, right? Yes. You get all the yeah. lower benefits. So, so. Uh, now, I, now I don't think that's that's not. 
fully the case with this because oh, well, they have the fifty thousand. You would, yeah, you would yeah. get double the meat. Yeah. So and and you know, f- if you're interested, if you're curious about butchering, uh, since it's a butcher shop, some of the other lower options are the opportunity to actually butcher animals, and you get to keep the meat with those. So if that intrigues mm. you, there. Are Can some you bring your own animal, there. or do you? Um, oh, I, I don't dark. know. Okay. Doug is a vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you noticed, instead of, of companies like this one, small and large, going mm-hmm. to banks for loans, mm-hmm. is this a new trend of sorts that you've seen, at least in the restaurant and or beer industry, where they go to crowdfunding to pay for something? You, you know what? It's sort of funny, because it was big several years ago, yeah. and then it seemed to have died off, and now it seems to be back again. I've definitely written about more crowdfunding again in the last year than, mm-hmm. you know, probably the previous couple years. I and most of you know, four or five years ago, when it, like, was, yeah, it was when much bigger. Kickstarter like first existed, when mm-hmm. I was an intern, I did a story about people crowdfunding stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I just feel like it maybe never worked as well as people thought it would. Yeah. And then you were supposed to be able to equity crowdfund, which I guess you still can. Mm-hmm. But That's yeah. what uh, Brewdog yeah. does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. So. But the other thing is with Indiegogo as opposed mm-hmm. To Kickstarter, you keep whatever you get, right? Yes, I think that's a key difference. Kick, fund, Kickstarter, yeah. you have to hit, you have to hit your goal uh, to oh, keep it. I get you. Okay. All right. Well, that's it for this week. Uh, we will see you back here with another solid week of business news in Central Ohio.